section twenty eight of the great events by famous historians volume seven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. this recording is by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana in may two thousand twenty one the great events by famous historians volume seven by charles f horn rossiter johnson and john rudd section twenty eight union of denmark sweden and norway a d thirteen ninety seven by paul c sinding canute the great king of england and denmark by successful wars added almost the whole of norway to his dominions at his death in ten thirty five his kingdoms were divided and fell into anarchy and discord for two centuries until the tyrant black geert who had driven out christopher the second and had been fourteen years the virtual sovereign of denmark was assassinated by the danish patriot niels ebbesen christopher's third son waldemar surnamed atterdag because he used to say when a misfortune happened to-morrow it is again day was recalled from bavaria and crowned king as waldemar the fourth he commenced at once with vigour and marked success the improvement of the internal conditions of the country and strove to encompass his chief ambition the reunion of the ancient danish possessions by marrying his daughter margaret to hakon the sixth king of norway and son of magnus smek king of sweden waldemar laid a basis for the junction of the three great scandinavian kingdoms the union was realized under the administration of his illustrious and sagacious daughter margaret known as the semiramis of the north waldemar atterdag left no direct male issue but his two grandsons albert the younger of mecklenburg a son of ingeborg waldemann's eldest daughter and of henry of mecklenburg and olaf a son of margaret his younger daughter and of hakon the sixth of norway were now claiming the hereditary succession to the throne one party declared for olaf but as he was the son of the younger daughter his claim was very doubtful but because the house of mecklenburg had acted with hostility toward denmark and olaf had expectation of norway and claims to the crown of sweden as grandson of magnus smek denmark was by his election in hopes of one day seeing the three crowns united on the same head it was therefore not long before this important affair was determined the preference was given olaf who although only six years of age was under the name of olaf v elected king of denmark under the guardianship of margaret his mother and after the death of his father hakon the sixth he became also king of norway the two kingdoms thus being united this union till the expiration of four hundred and thirty-four years was not dissolved when olaf v seven years after died in falsterbo both kingdoms elected margaret their queen though custom had not yet authorized the election of a female during the reign of this great princess who deservedly has been called the semiramis of the north 
denmark and norway exercised in europe an influence the effects of which were long felt throughout the scandinavian countries with their vast extent and rival races she united wisdom and policy with courage and determination had strength of mind to preserve her rectitude without deviation and her efforts were crowned by divine providence with success she is justly considered one of the most illustrious female rulers in history her renown even reached the byzantine emperor emmanuel palaeologus who called her regina sin exemplo maxima but under her successors destitute of her high sense of duty great ability and consistent virtue her triumphs proved a snare instead of a blessing the great union she created dissolved in a short time and its downfall was as sudden as its elevation had been extraordinary she was born in thirteen fifty three her father was as we have seen waldemar Atterdag, her mother queen hedevig and she became queen of denmark and norway in thirteen eighty seven she was no sooner elected queen of denmark and homaged on the hill of slipperhog near lund in ringstead odensee and wyborg then she sailed to norway to receive their homage but a remarkable occurrence is mentioned by historians as occurring about this time a report prevailed that king olaf the queen's son was not dead it was propagated by the nobility and very likely set on foot by them in order to punish margaret for her liberality to the clergy an impostor claimed the crown of denmark and norway and gained credit every day by making discoveries which could only be known to olaf and his mother margaret however proved him to be a son of olaf's nurse olaf had a large wart between his shoulders a mark which did not appear on the impostor the false olaf was seized broken on the wheel and publicly burned at a place between falsterbo and skenor in sweden and margaret continued uninterruptedly her regency but the queen not wishing to contract a new marriage and comprehending the importance of having a successor elected to the throne proposed her nephew eric duke of pomerania this proposal the clergy and nobility approved and they elected him to be king of denmark and norway after margaret's death meanwhile albert king of sweden having on account of his preference given to german favorites incurred the hatred of his people the swedes requested margaret to assist them against him which she promised to do if they in return would make her queen of sweden moreover albert had highly offended the danish queen had though hardly able to govern his own kingdom assumed the title king of denmark and laid claim to norway too and when she blamed him for it he had answered her disdainfully in a letter he had used foul and abusive language calling her a king without breeches and the abbot's concubine on account of her particular attachment to a certain abbot of sorrow who was her spiritual director it is however true that her intimacy with this monk gave room for some suspicion that her privacies with him were not all employed about the care of her soul afterward to ridicule her yet more king albert sent her a hone to sharpen her needles and swore not to put on his nightcap until she had yielded to him 
but under perilous circumstances margaret was never at a loss how to act she acted here with her utmost prudence trying first to gain the favor of the peers of the state and solemnly promising to rule according to the swedish laws war now broke out between albert and margaret whose army was commanded by Jvarlika. the encounter of the two armies about twelve thousand men on each side took place at falkoping september twenty first thirteen eighty eight a furious battle was fought in which the victory for a long while hung in suspense but margaret's good fortune prevailed albert was routed and his army cut to pieces and margaret was now mistress of sweden while this was passing the queen tarried in votingborg scheland ardently desiring to learn the result but no sooner did she hear that the victory was gained and the swedish king and his son eric taken prisoners than she hastened to bohus in sweden where the king and his son were brought before her lost in joy and amazement at having her enemy in her power the queen now retorted upon king albert with revilings and she made him wear a large nightcap of paper a retaliation proportioned to his offensive words he and his son were thereupon brought to lindholm a castle in skane where they were kept prisoners for seven years when they entered the castle a dark square room was assigned them and when the king said i hope that this torture against a crowned head will only last a few days the jailer replied i grieve to say that the queen's orders are to the contrary anger not the queen by any bravado else you'll be placed in the irons and if these fail we can have recourse to sharper means to the excessive self-love intemperance conceitedness and want of foresight which had characterized all his actions the unhappy albert had to ascribe his present situation the year following the queen stormed the important city of kalmar yet siding with the imprisoned king she made several wise alliances with richard the second of england and other potentates and concluded a truce for two years with the princes of mecklenburg and the cities of roschach and wismar which had begun to raise fresh levies in favour of the unfortunate albert this period expired she laid siege to stockholm and other fortified places of which john duke of mecklenburg and other friends of the imprisoned king had become masters but the cause of albert was little forwarded and margaret gained ground every day she compelled the capital to surrender to her and do homage to her as its sovereign whereafter a peremptory peace was concluded on good friday which restored tranquillity to the three kingdoms the imprisoned king and his son were delivered up to the hanseatic towns and they obtained their liberty for sixty thousand ounces of silver upon condition that they should resign all claims to sweden if the amount were not paid within three years as soon as the king and his son were delivered to the deputies they solemnly swore to a strict observance of this article the hans towns engaged themselves to guarantee the treaty the money however not being paid by the stipulated time margaret became undisputed sovereign of sweden the third scandinavian kingdom about this time the victuals brethren so-called because they brought victuals from the hans towns to stockholm while besieged began to imperil denmark plundering the danish and norwegian coasts and destroying all commercial business along the baltic 
but margaret ordered the harbors of the maritime towns to be blockaded thus putting a quick stop to their cruelties and piracies the queen's principal care was now to visit the different provinces to administer justice and redress grievances of every kind among other salutary regulations the affairs of commerce were not forgotten it was for instance decreed that all manner of assistance should be given to foreign merchants and sailors particularly in case of misfortune and shipwreck without expectation of reward and that all pirates should be treated with the greatest rigour eric of pomerania was as we have said elected to be king of denmark and norway after margaret's death but wishing to have him also elected her successor to the swedish throne margaret brought him to sweden and introduced him to the deputies one by one whom she requested to confirm his election to the succession the majesty of the queen's person the strength of her arguments and the sweetness of her eloquence gained over the deputies who on july twenty second thirteen ninety six elected him at morristone by upsala to succeed her also in sweden but margaret soon discovering his inability and impetuousness took pains to remedy these defects as much as possible by procuring for him as a wife the intelligent and virtuous princess philippa the daughter of henry v of england and shortly after had got catherine her niece and eric's sister married to prince john a son of the german emperor ruprecht john being promised to the scandinavian crowns if eric of pomerania should die childless thus having strengthened and consolidated her power by influential connections and relationships the queen upon whose head the three northern crowns were actually united now proceeded to realize the great plan she had long cherished to get a fundamental law established for a perpetual union of the three large scandinavian kingdoms the realization of this purpose immortalized her securing for her the admiration of the world whose most eminent historians do not hesitate to surname her the great and to compare her with the loftiest greek and roman heroes and statesmen on june seventeenth thirteen ninety seven margaret summoned to an assembly at kalmar in the province of smaland sweden the clergy and the nobility of denmark norway and sweden and established by their aid and consent a fundamental law this was the law so celebrated in the north under the name of the union of kalmar and which afterward gave birth to wars between sweden and denmark that lasted a whole century it consisted of three articles the first provided that the three kingdoms should thenceforth have but one and the same king who was to be chosen successively by each of the kingdoms the second article imposed upon the sovereign the obligation of dividing his time equally between the three kingdoms the third and most important decreed that each kingdom should retain its own laws customs senate and privileges of every kind that the highest officers should be natives that any alliance concluded with foreign potentates should be obligatory upon all three kingdoms when approved by the council of one kingdom and that after the death of the king his eldest son or if the king dies childless another wise intelligent and able prince should be chosen common monarch and if any one because of high treason was banished from one kingdom then he should be banished from all three 
a month after on the queen's birthday july thirteenth a legitimate charter was drawn up to which the queen subscribed and put her seal on which occasion eric of pomerania was anointed and crowned by the archbishops of Uppsala and lund as king of denmark norway and sweden the te deum was sung in the churches of calmar the assembly crying out Pesia unio esto perpetua long 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 viva margaret regina dania norvegia and svicia this strict union of the three large states became a potent bulwark for their security and made them in more than one century the arbiter of the european system the three nations of the northern peninsula presenting a compact and united front they could bid defiance to any foreign aggression although eric of pomerania was elected king and in fourteen o seven passed his minority margaret continued governing until the day of her death you have done all well wrote the people to her and we value your services so highly that we would gladly grant you everything the union of the three scandinavian kingdoms having been established in calmar all her efforts were now aimed at regaining the duchy of schleswig which circumstances had compelled her to resign to gerhard the fourth count of holstein for such a reunion with schleswig a favourable opportunity appeared when gerhard was killed in an expedition against the dittenmarshes leaving behind three sons in minority elizabeth gerhard's widow fled to margaret for succour against her violent brother-in-law bishop henry of osnabrück margaret fond of fishing in foul water was very willing to help her but availed herself of the opportunity to annex successively different parts of schleswig the dethroned swedish king albert never able to forget his anger toward margaret or her severity against him and continually cherishing a hope of rescinding the swedish throne and considering the union of calmar a breach of peace contrived to make the swedish people displeased with her and thought it a suitable time to revolt from her dominion he established a strong camp before visby the capital of the island of gulland having six thousand foot and at some distance nine thousand horse determined to engage before their junction could take place the queen's commander-in-chief abraham broder immediately advanced until in sight of the enemy and then endeavoured to gain possession of visby and the ground nearby in this he was so far successful that albert and his army had to leave the camp and conclude a truce but nevertheless he did not till after the lapse of seven years give up his hope of remounting the throne of sweden making a final peace with margaret and henceforward living in gadebush mecklenburg where in fourteen twelve he closed his inglorious life soon after october twenty seventh queen margaret died on board a ship in the harbour of flensburg at the age of fifty-nine after an active and notable reign of thirty-seven years her funeral was attended with the greatest solemnity and her corpse was brought to the cathedral of roskald where eric of pomerania her successor in fourteen twenty three caused her likeness to be carved in alabaster her acts show her character 
she displayed judiciousness united with circumspection wisdom in devising plans and perseverance in executing them skill in gaining the confidence of the clergy and peasantry and thereby counterbalancing the imperious nobility on the whole she applied herself to the civilization of her three kingdoms and to their improvement by excellent laws the great aim of which was to undermine the nobility she pursued the plan of her great father to recall all rights to the crown lands which during the reign of her weak and inefficient predecessors had been granted to the nobility the prosecution of this plan for the perfect subversion of the feudal aristocracy was unfortunately interrupted by her death her imprudent and weak successor having no power to restrain the turbulent spirit of a factious nobility End of section 28